0: Hey, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. Welcome to the Gut Check Project. I'm your host, Eric Rieger. Joining here, is Dr. Ken Brown. Ken, who do we have today? Oh, we have
1: somebody extremely special. We have Dr. Mobin Syed, otherwise known as Dr. Bean. Dr. Bean is a medical doctor and a software engineer. Mostly he is known as being a renowned teacher. He has been an e-collaborator with the FLCCC to create the iRecover protocol. And that's where we're at, is at the FLCCC meeting. And he has the hugely successful YouTube channel called Dr. Bean Medical Lectures. And I'm a huge fan of that. I've actually, did, we didn't talk about this before. You, because I've gone there multiple times to learn stuff. So <laughs> I was like, oh, it's him, like right here. Wow. Here so, <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Bean, for joining us on the
2: Gut Check Project. Thank you very much for having me.
0: So you were trained, Dr. Bean, in Pakistan, correct? Correct. And so what brought you to the United States?
2: So that is a funny story. Uh, I actually... In 2001, there was a student in Brown University of software engineering who wrote the first 3D ultrasound algorithm, him and his partner. So his partner went to Europe and they started a 3D ultrasound company over there, and this person given half a million dollars by Fraunhofer. Fraunhofer is a German company that works with the U.S. universities, and if there's somebody bright who's come up with some amazing thing, they'll say, here is a half a million dollars for you as a seed, and go make a company. So they gave him half a million dollars to say, go make a company, and he started a 3D ultrasound system. Now he needed a doctor to look at the quality of the ultrasound they were producing, and he needed a software engineer who would write code, right? So... I used to teach medicine and teach computer sciences when I was back in Pakistan. So one of my students was here. This is just, I do not know if it was meant to be, that I'll be here <laughs> one day. So uh, they, uh, my student mentioned to him that, hey, my teacher is a doctor and a software engineer, so why don't you get two in one and bring him over? I had no idea that this happened. So one day out of blue, I got a call that, hey, we are calling from Brown University or Rhode Island, and we would like you to come Project. And I said, no, I'm I'm not gonna come and join us on a project because I was a principal over there, I was very well established. So they called again and again. So it took me about six months to be convinced. And the convincing part was that they finally said, I'm here and you can do a PhD in computer sciences. And I really wanted to do a PhD in computer sciences. So I'm a medical doctor, so I had a doctor. Plus another PhD in computer science, Dr. Dr. Mubin Sayyad, <laughs> right? I thought that was really be awesome. Dr. Mubin Sayyad, doctor. So I said, all right, I'll come in. So that is how I came. The company um, hired me for writing Visual C++ code for a 3D ultrasound machine. So mm-hmm. they had beautiful probes. I, that technology was amazing. And then I would look at the ultrasound itself as well. The unfortunate part was that he only had half. He had to raise some more funds to keep going. He couldn't raise more funds. And the result was the company went belly up. Now I had to go find a job. I was in H1 and my holding company said, you have a month, find a job or go back home. So I everything and sold stuff and I had moved to U.S. after six months of thinking. And here, a month later, <laughs> I was looking for a job. <laughs> so uh, that company who had been holding my visa, they started pitching me to anything. And guess where I got a job? Staples in retail, part of the Staples team. Oh. As a software engineer. Software engineer, I yeah. took mm. it. I needed a job. Yeah. So then the rest is history. I went into retail from Staples. Then I went to Kohl's and I became director of engineering at Kohl's. Then I became vice president of engineering at Rulala, head of technology. Then I went and became director of engineering at PayPal. In that time, I kept teaching medicine. Wow. That is what I used to do when I was back in Pakistan. Uh-huh. It's my passion. So I kept teaching medicine on the side. And if you see my YouTube videos, early videos, you would see that in my garage. You can actually see the lights, camera, everything is just... Crappy, there's nothing. <laughs> about, right? And I'm wearing a little, you know, coat and sports jacket and a tie and I look all, you know, a little timid and looking at camera like this, all right, I'm going to teach you medicine. And so that is how I kept doing. I still remember one of my doctors, our physician, who we used to go for, uh, they were Pakistani as well. So his mother used to tell me, she. his mother used to be um, his... Um, assistant for scheduling. So she used to tell me every time, do you should become a doctor? And I used to say that I want to teach doctors mm-hmm. and I want to do software engineering. This is what my passion is. So if I can practice and help 10 people, I can probably teach and help 100,000. So that is the background. The channel, uh, YouTube channel and doctor, um, that, that really became more popular during the COVID time. Yeah, mm. I would
0: say so. Yeah. And of course, you, you, before we even get too far on Dr. Bean itself, you don't just feature videos about COVID. There's videos in
2: there yes. about cardiology, immunology, all types of different absolutely facets within. What I've tried is that on Dr. Bean, we have two types of videos. One are the videos from me, pathophysiology mechanisms. These are things I love. Mm-hmm. And then we have practicing doctors here, technologists, and pulmonologists and others and we have their videos as well for you know general public plus doctors.
1: Yeah you have my friend uh, Samir Islam. Yes, yes Samir
2: is one of the best presenters.
1: He's great. So he how, how do you know him? Well we well actually I met him because on quick side note mm-hmm. we I did research and ultimately developed Huh. And I was in Lubbock discussing huh. with doctors huh. the use of this natural product, huh. and it was talking to him. And him and I just kind of hit it off. Then we—I've
2: um, just been seeing what he's been doing. Samir and is amazing, and so yes, I am so proud of his lectures. The short, concise, to the point, and very informative. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: So you have Dr. Bain, yeah, and then oh, or the, or Dr. Dot com, yeah, and it's already published. Functioning? Did you have a pretty decent enrollment leading up to COVID, and then what was it like to have that enrollment moving forward?
2: On the site, it has been steady because mm-hmm. there was already in enrollment coming in, and there is enrollment continuing. Of my audience type, type changes. So in the beginning, I had nurses, NPs, PAs, physicians, medical students, nursing students, and now I have a lot of general public. Mm. So, uh, interested in the way we present the doodles and the cartoons, the, the point of that is to, you know, simplify the, the presentation without sacrificing the technical, uh, details. Mm-hmm. I do not, uh, believe in dumbing down the knowledge. So it is still the same. It's just presented in a more doodly and, and fun way. So my audience type has changed. On YouTube, though, it has really became very different. So when I started with the YouTube, um, meaning in the beginning of COVID, I think 140,000 subscribers and seven eight hundred hundred thousand views. Mm. So not much. I used to say about a million views. We are about there, right? And then during COVID time, we have now 600 million minutes watched and 70 views. And uh, all countries have watched these videos. I cannot nowadays talk to a college without someone from that college saying, I have watched your videos. Wow, that's great. So that is the impact.
0: I mean, it, to me, it just speaks that you've built a great resource.
2: And I'm, I'm blessed, I'm privileged to be able to do it. Somebody had to do it. And there are many presenters. Mm mm-hmm. I still believe that there has been no one who took people to the mechanisms. Yeah, because that allows you to think.
1: So that's what I was really impressed by. That I love the idea. You can logically see what's going on and then work your way back over here. Correct. And we have completely what your website has done. Your channel has shown that everyone has underestimated the
2: thirst for knowledge and the ability to learn of the general public. Absolutely correct. I'll well that people have underestimated the thirst for knowledge and, and the capability to learn. It is really the purpose. And I think COVID gave us all a purpose. Everyone rose up in their own way to try to help and serve. And so our way of writing was to say, let's try to simplify it. Let's try to make it entertaining and let's try to make it for general public. And, and the results are amazing.
1: As somebody who's tried to teach, as somebody when we've done podcasts where I've tried to discuss some complex mm-hmm. things, the, it's kudos to you because the ability to seem simple even though you're discussing the complex topic, you have to understand it to a level that is way beyond what you would normally do to like a medical school class. Yes. You know, When I walked out of a class and I didn't understand the topic, was it me not understanding it or was it the presenter?
2: So, on the core of teaching's principle, and this is, uh, I tell my students all the time that wherever your teacher is confused, you will be confused there as well. This is a rule. Whatever your teacher doesn't like, you will also not like it Mm. because he's not in a way that becomes charming. So this is so true that we are within the container of our teachers and then we have to break the boundaries to go and do our own research or do our own studies. Now for because I'm aware of this phenomena, I try in my teachings, so I read and read and read. Uh, People probably do not know that for one half an hour video, how many studies, and then for each study, if there is any mechanism I did not know, how many mechanisms I have to go and find and search and them. So the whole day long, what I'm doing is I'm reading this study and drawing the uh, mechanism. I draw them instead of writing them. Mm -hmm. Then I read another study and draw that mechanism on top of this mechanism to see, do they integrate? And I just keep reading and keep integrating not know that I do this so they simply say nobody can integrate medicine like you do (laughs) what they do not know is how much I have to go through to put that together and once that is together then I have another problem you put that picture in front of someone go figure this is what the medicine is it's not going to be digestible so now you have to take it step by step to make it digestible and relatable, And that's, that's the fun of it.
1: Every lecture that I've ever done where it goes well and you get off stage, some meeting or something and somebody will say, oh man, you just naturally you just make it look so easy. Correct. To make it look easy yes. requires everything Harder. that you just discussed. Yes. Yes. And that goes with everything in life, right? Yeah. To make it look easy, you have to practice and get good at Correct. it. If it's a tennis serve or if it's Correct running a site like that and giving
2: a that a master is that who makes something look easy. Yeah. That you, you look at master's work and you say I can do this. Right? It makes it look so easy, but that is the mastery of that area. So yeah. thank you for teaching in a simpler easier way. That <laughs> that makes work. Yeah, it really does.
0: Yeah. So you have the site and now the subscribers come, and now suddenly, COVID. Yes. So take us to what happens on the sites. Obviously, the, you you said that there are a lot of lay people and, yeah. and citizens outside of the healthcare. Yeah. clamoring to your... What responsibility did you feel that you needed to do, especially, okay, you just laid out that you've gone back and researched mechanisms so that you can present on them. But this is something that's new. Yeah. It's completely novel. Absolutely. And... Which information can I, can I follow? So kind of take us through that.
2: Such a beautiful question. So what happened was in the beginning, we were all naive about SARS-CoV-2. Mm-hmm. We knew coronaviruses. Coronaviruses in microbiology was one paragraph. I'm sure that now there will be books about coronaviruses. There are, there are books coming up. There used to be one paragraph that live in our throats <clears> throat> and most of us have them and 14 to 20% of the common cold infections every year are because of coronaviruses, and they, they cause moderate infection and done. This is what we used to know. And then came COVID. And we are all that COVID arrived and we thought it is a coronavirus and WHO just fumbled and fell on their face. China just did something weird of not telling in time borders stayed open, virus started going to other countries, people started dying, and you look at that and you see some serious evil thing happening. It's not a standard human coronavirus. It's not even SARS-CoV-1 or MERS-CoV, which were tiny in terms of their damage compared to SARS-CoV-2. So, you also saw that there were so many evil characters at that time. They're still the, the characters who would say, drink tea and you'll be fine. Go take uh, uh, steam and you'll be fine. Just like our, our uh, leadership organizations are doing their own weird things, bad things. Similarly, there were people who were doing those. So I received from one of my friends, I received a WhatsApp note forwarded, which and that friend said that, hey, should I start doing this? And that note said, there is a Japanese research about COVID-19 that, or whatever was the name at that time, Mm -hmm. you take tea, it will wash the virus towards your stomach instead of the respiratory system and the virus will be destroyed in the stomach. So you'll be fine. Then there was Stanford, all fake things. Stanford researchers have said Steam, steam would increase the temperature of the bronchial system and it would destroy the virus. So there were a bunch of such crappy little anecdotes. And he said, should I start doing it? And I said, no, you should not start doing it. He said, well, this has been circulating throughout my group and my friends and there are people who are doing it. So I talked with my partner in Dr. Bean And I said that, man, we have always said better patient outcomes. We work for better patient outcomes. We teach for that. And here, situation where the whole world is stuck. We are all in it. I am similarly at risk as anybody else. I am similarly unaware as anyone else. We need to serve at this time. So fortunate for me that he said, yes, let's do it. And we both knew that our business. Our business was at that time three years old. Mm -hmm. And now instead of doing regular medical teaching and adding lectures there, we're going to do COVID. And we had no idea when COVID will go away. Three years, two years, ten years. No idea. So he said, yes, let's do it. So I went on YouTube, read through that document, and I point by point debunked. And this was the knowledge that was present. So Mm -hmm. Eric, you brought up the point that Things were new. Mm-hmm. There were some things that we knew already. Sure. For example, coronaviruses can actually go to our stomach. But this glycoprotein around them survive the acids and go to the intestine. That is why coronaviruses are the kind of enveloped viruses, Can you would appreciate this, which can cause gastroenteritis. Because mm-hmm. they're not killed by the stomach acids because they're protected by the glycoprotein. So we knew this. So I went and I said, here is something said, it is wrong. Clearly, the steam, I discussed it, why the steam cannot bring the temperature far enough up to kill the virus. And before that, the virus sitting in the, in the cell is not going to be killed. Our cell is going to get killed first. Mm-hmm. So I started going one by one and presented this. And guess what? The next day I saw my video down as a disinformation. And YouTube had put you know, that in a review state. So I reached out to Facebook and I said, you have this stupid document circulating, even on Facebook and on WhatsApp. It's your platform and this is wrong. And if someone correct it, you are removing their video. Yeah. So fortunate for me that within 24 hours, they restored it. I had to fight with, with YouTube as well. So then we started doing it. The next thing that happened was where my eyes opened for the first time that how the politics and divisions occur. I saw a hydroxychloroquine study. Mm -hmm. And I went and I talked about it. You will not believe. I was so naive at that time. This is three years ago. I am now 50. So I was 50 years. So I should not be naive in terms of my age. But I was just so naive to understand that how people can react. So I did the hydroxychloroquine discussion. And there was a shit storm the next day. Comments after comments, we'll get you arrested. Do you know that hydroxychloroquine has cardiac issues? Do you know if somebody died? I'm going to come and sue you. I'm going to get you to the court. It was just a real... But nobody knew anything
1: about hydroxychloroquine yet. Yes. Right? I yes. mean, this is like pre... Yeah,
2: this is early COVID. How was there so much attention? No, so I think people who knew hydroxychloroquine, let's say nurses, PAs, doctors, Canadians, people who are in the research work, it actually became a challenge for many of such authorities who were in their own right an authority. Was mm. talking about these things in different ways. Mm. Right, So all of a sudden, the pitchforks came out. It became so bad. The, the video went, I think, two three 300,000 views in one day. I had never had 200,000, 300,000 views in a day. So on one end, they went, this is taking off. On the other end, I was looking at the comments, and people are saying, I'm going to get you in. So I reached out to my team, and I said, "Here is what happened. And we decided to, stupidly, we decided to take it down. Mm. I cowered, so I said, "All right, this might mean that it is going to cause hurt. It's going to people are saying this would kill people, so I should just take it down." Then I re-uploaded it with tons of uh, disclaimers. It can cause this. this can, it became so funny that people would underneath saying, "Count the number of times Doctor Bean says." Hydroxy can kill. <laughs> <So> it, <laughs> became, it became such a joke. It's almost like a drinking game. Right? Yeah. Now, people who had the link before and that video is gone, mm-hmm. they are reaching out and saying, did you make a... Did you say something stupid in there? We had the link. We were sharing it with others. and now the video is gone. What happened? Or did somebody take you down? So the very first day I was in that strange state. And the very first day, the first day of presenting, the first day was the previous second one. Not only that, I started getting death threats on just that hydroxy discussion. And then Trump comes out and says hydroxy. And that just, now there is a political aspect to that as well. There are people who says Trump is wrong. There are people and all of that heat is in hydroxy
1: and me. Yep. So oh, I'm sorry, yeah. this, is, this is what I'm getting at with this. Yeah. There were, we were at the very beginning also, we had, we had just started the podcast, we were trying to find information to talk yeah. about, we were like, ah, and we were looking into things also. And people were trying all kinds of things, including Zithromax and things yeah. like that. Yeah, Articles were coming out. Yes, This is what I'm getting at here. Why was hydroxychloroquine immediately attacked, immediately prepped with death threats yeah. when there was all other kinds of
2: modalities that people were saying? I think hydroxy started taking off and Trump mentioned it, right? And all of a sudden, it became a challenge for those who did not like Trump. And I have always kept my talks till to date very neutral. No uh, Republican or no okay. Democrat talk. Yeah. Still, because Trump had put his weight towards hydroxy, it became necessary for another group to put their weight against hydroxy. And it just became such a... When you say shit show, at least that was for me a real shit show. So I took hydroxy, but at the same time, I kept thinking that I'm 50 years old, I have been teaching medicine my whole life, I looked at the mechanism of the hydroxy, the mechanism is very simple. Hydroxy is used for uh, malarial reasons because what it does is it reduces the pH of the vesicles. When the pH of the vesicles is reduced, these, the plasmodiums or whatever the, those uh, malarial uh, insects are or mosquitoes, they cannot really work very well and they die. Mm-hmm. That's a simple mechanism. And SARS-CoV-2 and its enzymes the cell in which it is working also needs an optimal pH for those enzymes to work. And if you give hydroxy and you change the pH, these enzymes do not work very well. So it would actually retard and slow down SARS-CoV-2's replication. It was a simple mechanism. It's an understandable mechanism. It's nothing out of the way a conspiracy theory or a snake oil that here, I'll bless you with this oil. And this oil. <laughs> that is not what was happening. But even then, the attack started. And so, from that day till today, I had to actually find new courage, say things that I wanted to, and not to say things that I didn't want to. Because not saying things also brings the wrath. Why don't you just say this? Well, I don't want to say this. Why did you say this? Well, I wanted to say this. (laughs) Right? So that whole... Uh, audience, that you need to go in this direction because I want you to go in th- this direction, was the struggle, and this struggle was so it was not just comments or or words. The attacks that I had, somebody went and complained about Doctor Bean, and we started an audit. So the audit started occurring for my lectures and for our company. During the audit, we were stopped from doing a specific kind of lecture types and so on. So now the business is declining because there's an audit. Audit comes back and says, all good. But in that time, we have, and we have audits and then the person complains again. And then the audit starts again. What? Four times. So we practically stayed in audit. So, of course, somebody knew that this is how our systems work. They knew how to manipulate those systems. Mm-hmm. And they went again and again and again. Four audits. Then, when I said that, hey, we went through all those audits with success. That, so, that is the stupid of me that I actually don't care. I, I would go on and say, well, F you, you tried to PR. Mm-hmm. So, guess what was next? They said, okay, we'll go to California board and say Dr. Mubeen says he's a doctor and he's not a doctor. So California board reached out and said, we have heard you're not a doctor and you're posing as a doctor. Can you give us our documents? So I sent them all of my... my, uh, Here is the degree from King Edward Medical College. Here is what it says. I'm a doctor. Interestingly, our degrees at that time even said on, on the degree that you are licensed to practice medicine and surgery. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to separately provide licenses. And then I said, I'm not practicing, I'm teaching. And if you have a jurisdiction on YouTube teaching, or Dr. Bean, please tell us. And they sent another note saying, no, further action is necessary. Uh, Good. So that happened. And then one day, somewhere in Cupertino and I was very so this is these are the naive things people knew where I live people knew I live in Cupertino I thought we are all doing a service and contrary to every no good deed goes unpunished <laughs> yeah. i actually th- thought good deeds so i actually was in a good state of mind that hey i'm serving i didn't think that people would attack someone who's serving so I received a phone call from local police saying that, hey, somebody has complained that you're doing something illegal at your home. So I said, illegal at my home? So they said, here is the complaint. So I said, I'm driving my car right now. I'm not at home. So do me a favor. Go. I'll ask my wife to open the door for you. Go check what is happening there. I said, the only thing I do at home record these videos, and you would see a studio. So they called me a couple of times and asked, and then probably they would have looked at my previous records and everything, and then they said, all good, we have cleared. So sorry about this. Any idea what the accusation was? What yeah, kind of, what kind of I'm, activity? Not, I'm not saying it. But uh, so that more people don't get, (laughs) 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 and and then I have a line of policemen outside or police women (laughs) outside saying, "Well, I got this." They said this about you. So uh, it took some days for me to kind of clear out of that and say, "Please go check it out." This is how mean the response became. But I will be diluting this whole uh work and the response that 99 percent or more people were appreciative they loved it they supported it they would i would actually mention that i got this new complaint i got this new audit and they will they will uh, support me they would help me they would praise the work they would say we need the work so majority regardless of what party they were from mm mm-hmm. Or what their associations, or religions, or feelings were, they were appreciating. There was a tiny part that were these weird actors.
1: Let me ask you what it was like with your wife during that time, because <laughs> you know, hitting all those. Yes, I mean just personally, you mm-hmm. you you have that. You're doing the good thing. You're doing yeah. all this, but you're providing for your family, yeah. and that yeah.
2: other people are now involved. Yeah, so this is such an interesting one. So uh, how did you know to ask all these questions? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you went through some. some. So um, there, there were two or three um, changes in our general regular uh, life. One, uh, one of those was, I'll get up in the morning, I'll disappear in my studio, I'll start reading the latest studies. Then I'll see the mechanisms in there and and I'll hit the pathology books and pathology uh, studies and look at the mechanisms. Then I'll start drawing them for my own understanding. Then I'll integrate them. Then I would redraw them to present in a doodly way. And so it would take um, the whole day to put that together. So the first effect was, I became absent. And then my lecture would become 6 p.m. Pacific time. And initial lectures, if you watch, they would continue for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So would keep going till 8 o'clock, and people would ask questions, and they, they would have curiosity. And of course, we were all in a strange state. We did not know who's going to die next. We did not know who's going to be ending up on, an, on a ventilator next. It was not necessary that if I get COVID today, I will not be on a ventilator. So, people were scared for themselves, for their loved ones, for their well being. To the last question. So, eight o'clock or after we'll finish. And then I used to take about half an hour to kind of settle down. There will be people who, with weird statements and questions, there are people (laughs) who, right? So, to be reset. So, that was the first one, Ken, that I just became physically absent. Second, that happened was, that businesses, uh, business started declining yeah. because I was now doing COVID. And you can't tell a doctor every day that the only thing you is a COVID lecture. They have their own practices as well mm-hmm. in addition and they need feeding. I actually think that um, presenters' audience are like little birds who want their feed every single time. So you can't just say, I'm going to just keep feeding you COVID. So slowly that, And so there were financial issues that started appearing. And then the third part was the emotional issues, which were, this guy told me today, I'm telling you, I'm citing a real comment. Somebody commented under one of my videos, I would like to drag you till you die. So I used to confide in my wife to say, I got this comment. Somebody wants to drag me through the streets till I die. And so, of course, there was an emotional aspect of that as well. There was a person who became so involved in a topic that he wanted to have a debate with me. And I said, I'm not going to have a debate. I'm presenting something. If you have some, something to say, you say it as well. Let that be a healthy discussion. You have your own voice. I have my voice. That person ended up in my town to talk with you. What? And so now there was an, is he going to end up in our home? What is he going to do? Is he going to be just walking outside? What the (laughs) heck? Right? So these three things were happening. And if you think about it from your own family member, the one who's going through this probably has a better idea of what is the severity. The one who's sitting on a side and observing it are kind of playing it more in their head and becoming more nervous because they have no idea what is the intensity of all of this where are the boundaries mm-hmm. so when I saw that this was happening I actually asked my wife I said I think I should stop this is not good for our family our, our life and she has always been this brave one that she said keep going I understand all this wow. is happening I'm with So I thought that she would leave me in this time. Physically not present, financially not much help, and then on top of this, death threats and people coming to (laughs) towns, right? There is somebody, so somebody googled my name to find my phone number. Fortunately, they found her phone number, and they started sending her threats. What? And so she comes and says, what is this? And I said, ignore this. Um, some presenter, very popular presenter, did a hit piece on me and mentioned her in that. And his whole crowd went after my wife and started. There was a debate on Twitter to say, should his wife die or not? This is actual debate on Twitter. What? That should Dr. Beans. So, and people were becoming all philosophical on it. This is a real debate. People were saying if his wife dies, he would learn the value of what death means and he would be enlightened. What? And then there are people who would say, this is not good to say such kind of things. And this was in the context of vaccines. I wanted my vaccinated wife to die so that I learn a lesson. And that was it. And I reached out to Twitter and I said this is a strange discussion happening, can you remove this? And they responded and they said, not, so we can not stop this. It was the people who were doing the discussion finally decided to shame the original person who had posted that post Mm -hmm. enough that he deleted the post. But this is the kind of things that, so this one I didn't, that there was a hit piece written about us and here are people debating about her death. So such things happened. Good news is that she never backed off and said, stop. She never said, I'm worried about you or myself. Yeah, we were worried, but we did not. And one big reason was that if one person was doing this, then there were 99 who were supporting us. And I think she's brave in general. Yeah, she sounds awesome. Yeah. So we just kept going. In
1: retrospect, now that we know a little bit more Mm -hmm. about this and we Mm -hmm. know the manipulation, especially on Twitter, some of that seemed like that was done by bots and not
2: people. I have no idea. I have no idea. But it did seem cruel to have such discussions. Now, was that to sow, sow seeds of division by bots Agents, no idea. But this is what happened. That's insane. Yeah. And you're like the nicest guy.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> like, the, so, like I want to hug you when I see you. Yeah.
2: So here's the deal. Th- this is actually a problem. Uh, and there is a background is that when we were young. So when I was six years old, our parents separated. So when they separated. Uh, We were raised, we are four brothers, we were raised in various different families. So Mm -hmm. father took one child, mother took another. My uncle, one person went, he was big enough to go to a hostel and then continue from there. So we had to live with others. And so we had to adopt to be nice enough that we can continue to survive. So I think that has imparted this facade that I am nice. I behave or I say things, that uh, my gestures are nice. But to people's surprise, when they try to push me, I don't get pushed. Mm-hmm. Except that hydroxychloroquine video. After that, I never got pushed again. It's strange that, hey, this is a nice guy. I should just be able to roll him over. And why is he not? And that makes them even more... The trolls become... Bullies become even more angry when you don't roll over. So that actually intensified some of the attacks. That like, this nice nice guy, what what do you do now? And I was not disappearing. So yes, I'm a nice guy, but I'm very stubborn for the values <laughs> on which I work. I'm very glad that
0: you didn't give up. Yeah. You've done a tremendous service for so many people once. We'd, once you happened to have that following, you overcame that, or maybe there was a day or yeah. a period of time where you're like, the, the hard, turbulent time is probably behind me for now. Mm-hmm. How rewarding was it to find people begin to really seek out your information going forward?
2: So um, I thought that this is a matter of pride, that I, I get so many people talking about my talks. But if I tell you the core of the feelings, Mm -hmm. even the CFLCCC conference today, Mm -hmm. when somebody walks up to up to me and says, "The education you provided calmed me down. Nothing else available. You provided a context and a perspective. The education you provided, my doctor used it, and we are saved, and we are we are doing better. Or here we are at the end of the pandemic, on the other side, still intact." It seems like a blessing, like a privilege. A, this could have been anyone. People needed this information. So, if I was not the one, somebody else would have been. Correct? So, this was actually, if I got chosen to do this, I am actually ext- and I'm privileged, and it's a blessing to be able to serve at this hard time. So if somebody said to me today that you're thank you for your service during this time you helped me you served me i am happy with that wow it's
1: interesting that the 1% that we're saying negative things that's what the human brain focuses focuses on, on. but yeah. this The millions and millions and millions of people that you've helped. Yeah. And just one person coming up at a meeting like this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't back down. Yeah. And a common theme with the speakers here at the FLCCC seems to be that I
2: wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. All of them have been through a lot. If I had to go back, I'll do even more of what I was doing. Even that little cowardness that I had in the beginning, I'd probably not even have that. It is so important to have those messages out and to connect and and to inform. And especially in, in, uh, look at this, our CDCs and FDAs, what the fuck are they doing? They have, I put this scenario in front of people all the time that imagine CDC and FDAs saying that, hey, you know, at every major juncture or junction or a city or a downtown, we have these booths that are our booths and there are people who are our people sitting there. They're going to be looking at your vitamin D levels. They're going to be giving you flyers for how to have a healthy life for your immune system to be well balanced. They're going to be telling you why the blood glucose levels should be better at this time. They're going to talk, you, talk to you your kidney situation, your blood pressure situation, here at the top uh, comorbidities. And we will be helping you navigate this. We have heard how following drugs may be useful. We haven't yet tried them. There are no trials yet, but this is a new thing as well. So if you are willing to, and if your doctor, maybe you should use them. And then we would keep collecting data to see if it is going to work or not work, and we'll come back to you. It is a vaccine that is coming up. There is this trial that says this, but we're going to keep a very, very sharp eye on this. And if it didn't work well, we would come back and we say, stop, and we are sorry that we or supported it and we didn't have enough data. Does it look too rosy a picture to paint? Couldn't this be happening? They have billions of dollars. And what else were they supposed to do in these two, three years than to help people with could, could you think of anything that could be more important for them to do? And all of their budgets and all of their resources. Anything else that could be more important than helping with COVID situation? No. And where were they? They were, they were tweeting, you are not a ho- horse. That's what they were tweeting. This is what they were busy in congratulating each other that, hey, this tweet got so much views. And we were able to do this. This was utter lack and failure of the leadership. And so people like me, people like FLC, they had to rise up. So Ken, you're very correct that 99.9% were using this and they were helped, they were served, and they were protected, and they were happy compared to some that this all is bad. Believe me, if, if we did, all of us, what CDC, FDA told us to do, go back home, sit down inside. You get sick, sorry, stay in, don't make somebody else sick. You die, you die, you don't die, you don't die, th- that's about it. Things would come, we'll just ask you to have vaccines as well. This is next level incompetence. People call it corruption. I usually do not go in the political political part of it. I have no idea was it corruption or not. I know this is incompetence. I know laziness. I know they dropped the ball when we needed them. That's where we FLCCCs like organizations came in handy. And that's why we need brave people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Bean, thank you. For- and for everyone who's followed you, thank you for remaining brave. Thank you to your wife. Absolutely. She's very strong. Uh, she's very brave.
2: <laughs> it's a pleasure.
0: And, um, and of course, if people want to find you, they go to drbean.com, which is D-R-B-E-E-N.com, correct? Correct. Any other uh, places where they can... Or
2: well, if they would like to have some free lectures, then Dr. Bean medical lectures on YouTube. If they want to buy lectures, then there are, which are more than YouTube, then drbean.com. I am on Substack as well, I'm on Patreon as well, I'm on Twitter as well, so many places to find
1: Quick you. technical question yes. regarding the doctor. Um, I saw somewhere that doctors can get CME, is that correct? Correct, correct.
2: That's fantastic. Yes, and so the, that story as well. So we used to have CMEs on about 800 of our videos. The person who started complaining, the audits were on CMEs interesting that the they said his CME videos have mistakes. So the company to which they complained, that company would continue to go and look at my ivermectin video. Why do we know who is looking at what? We have to do to track everybody's activity mm. so that we can say, well, you studied for half an hour, here's your half CME. So they kept looking at ivermectin video but they kept sending me an audit uh, report saying you said that monocytes have m1 and m2 and you are wrong so i'll respond to them and i'll say this is not a new science that monocytes are m1 and m2 pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory this is an old science Here is the link and twenty thousand studies they would actually ignore that response and say because you said M1 and M2 are wrong are type of monocytes, which is an incorrect medical concept, we would like you to not have the CMEs. Specifically on the Ivermectin video? <laughs> so no. So ivermectin is what they'll watch. But this is where they will So talk about cowardice. That instead of me, I did not like you did Ivermectin. Why did you do ivermectin? Yeah. Instead I say Yes, you did, have a Ivermectin, I know it. But I said, this table really sucks. Why do you have this table? (laughs) I am just so unhappy that you have this table over here. I don't want to work with you. The straw man. Right? Yeah. The more we defended, the more we said, hey, wrong, the more they just stuck to that. Finally, they found one more video where I used one word incorrectly, and I agree I used I said... Normally, this is the incorrect non-medical word, uncontrolled diabetics end up with renal failure. Oh. They said normally is wrong. You cannot say normally. We don't want to work with you. (laughs) So this is what happened with the CME. Fortunately, we were able to work with others and start our CME program again. So we have the CMEs running back up. Now we have a few CMEs, about 40 or so, and then we are continuing to get further CMEs approved. So yes, if there are doctors or nurses or NPs, there are CMEs as well.
1: That's awesome. I love that. And I hope you don't get a bunch of... The, from the Marriott table. <laughs> yeah. the
2: table yeah. <laughs> we'll
0: find that out. <laughs> Everyone, you can connect with Dr. Bean in the show notes. That's going to end it for this free portion here on Rumble and on YouTube. Stay with us if you want, if you're a member of GCP Raw, and we'll get into just a couple more questions here with Dr. Bean. So if you're watching on Rumble, click join. It'll take you directly to it, or you can go to gutcheckproject.locals.com. Thank you, Dr. Bean. You're Appreciate
2: very it. very welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for having me. This concludes the free portion of the Gut Check Project. For full access to the Raw interviews, just visit gutcheckproject.com. A circle and use code hero for a free month plus all of the access with being a supporter of the gut check project please share this episode with your friends and thank you for being a part of the gut check project